thought, stuff it, why not? So I picked up the phone and called a clinic and said, um, we want to make a baby. Where do we start? <laughs> and I actually think the lady laughed at me. <laughs> she was like, oh, well, you know, you need to do this, this and this. And it was that point I realised... Yeah, that's a sure sign that this is not going to be easy. Even just making the appointment wasn't that simple. Hi, welcome to What the IVF. I'm Hayley. And I'm Fiona. And we're going to be talking all things babies and IVF and baby making and fertility and... All the struggles, all the joys. Definitely and all a lot the of struggles. That's what been, the... What the Fs, but what the IVFs. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, this is our journey and it is so far been quite a, what would you say it's been? Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle. Hasn't been successful thus far, touch wood. Well, we've not seen a legs, two arms and a head yet. So I would say we have not been successful. No, not yet. But hopefully soon we will persevere. But yeah, we're here to talk to you all about what we've been through thus far the two of us together on this crazy journey. Crazy is a good way of saying it because it is crazy. It is, and it's nothing that you're going to expect because everyone's journey is different. Let's start with who the hell are we, right? Well, I know who I am. <laughs> who are you? Well, my name's Fiona and Fiona I, who? Fiona Faulkner. And? And? You're from? You're kind of famous. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, gosh. I'm okay. kind of a big deal. <laughs> not at all. I guess you could say uh, I'm an ex-reality TV contestant. I was a contestant on the very first series of The Australian Biggest Loser. I then uh, ended up hosting the show for the final couple of seasons. And I'm also a makeup artist and a model. And that's sort of me in a nutshell. Can we go back? Did you win Biggest Loser? No, honey, I didn't what play, win. What did you come? I came fourth. Mm. I came fourth. So I gave I'm, it a red hot go though. Mm. I still won some money, which was pretty good. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, look, I spent it all. Don't oh. get your hopes up. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, how old are you? Um, I'm 37. Mm. So late 30s. Late 30s, yes. Mm. Nearly 40. Mm. <laughs> and I'm also engaged to... The love of my life, the most beautiful girl in the world. That's me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Well, I'll just ask my own questions then. Who am I? Sorry. Who are you? <laughs> Come on, babe. I'm new to this. This is my first ever podcast. Sorry, right. I guess I'm kind of a journalist. You're probably... a journalist. You're meant to be the one directing it. Mm. I'm Hayley. We already said that, but I'm just reassuring everyone that I'm Hayley. Hayley Willis. Hayley Willis, uh, sports journalist at Channel 9. I am currently engaged to Miss Fiona Faulkner, who is kind of a big deal. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we – I don't know. What else can I say about myself? I have two dogs. I'm 30 years old. I probably mm. hadn't thought about fertility up until I met you, so I guess you've changed me for the better or worse. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if this ever – pans out and not just ends up being a really expensive exercise. <laughs> no, because expensive no it is. Yes, we have spent a lot of money already. Let's talk about how we met. Okay. So well. uh, the genius move that I pulled off to start with was... Well, hold on. 
let's just say, let's set the scene. I was actually on my way home from a work trip overseas over in the, um, in London. And I'd stopped in Canada for a shoot and I was about to come home and I actually lost my passport. But as it turned out, it had slipped <laughs> into a little package in my suitcase. So I this hadn't lost it at all. will find that this happens a lot, these kinds of things. No, it doesn't. Anyway, so that happened and I got stuck because I had to p- apply for a new passport and I got stuck in Canada for a week with nothing to do and all the time in the world to look at my phone and that's where the scene is set. So what you're saying is you had nothing better to do than check your DMs. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. And that is where I come in. It is. Because I happened to be out on a raging Saturday night. Uh, I was staying with a friend in Newcastle and somehow in my explore feed you popped up and I thought she's a babe. And, you know, a bit of liquid courage, I slid into your DMs and said, how about I take you out for a drink sometime? Never in a million years did I think it would work. I have to be honest and say I had definitely forgotten about it in the morning. Um, But to my surprise, and when I saw it, I was like, what on earth is this chick messaging me for? Because I had forgotten about it. Um, But to my surprise, you wrote back and said, if I ever get home from Canada then yes. And I was like, sick. This chick wants to go on a date with me. That's rad. And then you played hard to get for like two weeks. It was such a lame move of yours, but. Well, no, I got back to Australia and I got busy with, with life and I hadn't met you. So I wasn't going to invest too much. As if you weren't thinking about me every day. Well, every second day, maybe. Let's set the scene first. Um, First date after your two weeks of playing hard to get. (laughs) Or actually, I'd probably say it was more than a few weeks. But anyway, we got there in the end and I finally got you on this date. Uh, we were at uh, Palmer awesome and Co. Palmer and Co. Underground bar, nice and dark, just in case I looked like a drowned rat, which I actually did. So it had been raining. I turned up late by five minutes. You had been there 45 minutes early. So for you, that was quite some I'm time. early to everything. You know that. <laughs> Well, you'd also had two glasses of wine. So you were cruising. You were happy, comfortable, ready to take on this date. And I was walking down a stairwell, drowned rat, having battled the public transport system to get there on time and thinking, I'm about to meet a 10 out of 10 and I look like a disheveled mess. (laughs) So lucky for you, actually lucky for me, it was dark and you were two drinks deep. I'm probably going to say, I'm being kind here, like generous, two drinks, let's be honest, it was a bottle deep. But <laughs> it was not. <laughs> no. But anyway, we got there and we hit it off. Yeah. Oh, I got there and we hit it off and, yeah, and the rest is history. Well, we're going to obviously talk about the rest. We can't just say that. People were like, oh, all right. Oh, well then we did what every lesbian couple does. <laughs> Zero to 100 in a minute. Say I love you after a week and start thinking. That actually happened. That actually happened. It it did actually happen. Um, Caught me by surprise, but obviously I said it back. (laughs) Obviously Uh, I was the one that said it within a week. So needy. And you're only human. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we, we really did hit it off. We're inseparable. Like, again, like, you know, most lesbian couples will understand it really is zero to a hundred when it comes to two girls hanging out and having fun. And well, and literally on the second day, we brought up the the idea of kids. Was it the second day? I swear oh. it could have been the first. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, it was probably the first. It probably was the first. Yeah, and I think we both came to the same conclusion that we 
wanted to be parents and yeah I mean it sounds crazy saying that that it was on the first date but I can I guess like when you think about it when you start seeing someone and one of you doesn't want to have kids and the other one does and what's the point Exactly. And if I you can't, like, some people don't change their mind. If you like, can, go for it. But. Well, it's a deal breaker for me. You know, if I met someone that didn't want to have kids, then I wouldn't have pursued anything. If you had been like, mm, not, I'm only, what, you were 29 at the time. I'm only 29. I've got my whole life to live. I'm not ready for that. I probably would have been like, well, I'm 37. I'm a lot older and I'm ready to do this soon. So... Thank God you were ready. Yeah. I mean, I have always wanted kids. I'd said that at the time. I always wanted kids and I knew that one, you know, it was all, well, I kind of knew that it was going to be a difficult journey for myself because I was quite comfortable in the fact that, you know, I'm into women (laughs) and, you know, as much and hard as I try, I'm not going to be able to make a baby with a woman, am I? (laughs) No, we do try. Ah, that's great for our our listeners to know. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it was good to know that we're on the same page, even if it was the first date. But, you know, just we forged ahead and had that chat and off we went. And like you said, we said, I love you after, what, a week-ish? Probably five days maybe. Who knows? Anyway, we were having fun. And then, you know, give it a few months and I was starting to think about how I was going to get down on one knee. Which I had nothing, I actually had no idea about. You said to me, I actually broached the topic with you after a couple of months and I said, oh, so, you know, we've spoken obviously about children and we're both on the same page with that and we'd even, you know, talked about how we wanted to buy a property. Neither of us uh, owned property at the time and we something we both wanted to do and you turned to me and said, oh, look, babe, I think that, you know, getting married, it's pretty pricey. There's, you know, the wedding and the rings and stuff. And I think maybe we need to look at doing that down the track, maybe in, you know, three or four years time after we've got another, the other stuff under our belt first, like babies and houses and things. So you really put me off the scent because I I literally think I saw your heart broken. I was like, what? I want to, I want to marry you. Um, So yeah, you you had me going. I actually was like, she's being so smart and sensible, but yeah, I was so gutted. But it was a great genius move by me because it put you off the scent, like you said. No, totally. I had, I had no idea. I then decided, well, the, the money I've been saving for a property, I'll be putting into that fandangle ring that I'll be getting. It's, I love my ring. Thanks, baby. And so you should. <laughs> we probably got a, could have got a two-story house <laughs> instead of one, instead of a two-bedroom apartment. Well, same goes, you got one too. That's true. But so our rings together, we probably could have bought a mansion. Yeah. But, well, I mean, that's, you know, maybe pushing it a bit. Probably could have, I don't oh, know. well, rings are forever. Rings are forever. Like yeah. marriage. Like marriage. Um, but yeah, so then I started thinking about how I was going to propose to you and come 2019, April, Vanuatu, we were there. And yeah, I, I took, you, took you on a little trip to Vanuatu. It was wonderful. And <laughs> I told you at after you know a few days of having fun there that I wanted to take you on a nice romantic dinner to say thank you for such a wonderful trip and I had in fact been planning with the owners of that resort um, the Mozo uh, that I wanted to propose to you and 
it now probably makes a lot of sense when you look back on why I wanted to keep my backpack so close to me the whole time. The whole time, everywhere we went. Why is there a, is this a safe in this? I'm like, we're on an island, babe. No one is going to, no one's going to take it. I was like, I I just really love this backpack. So that's, you know, just deal with it. Anyway, but um, between the resort owners and myself, we managed to pull off what was an epic proposal, um, if I don't say mind saying so myself um yeah it was incredible it was I took you on a a quad bike which you probably didn't expect um onto the other side of the island and they had set up a beautiful picnic um at sunset and a bonfire and a guy cooking fresh fish fresh fresh wahoo fish or I think it was called anyway it was it was everything and more that I could have ever hoped for so it was the most beautiful proposal and yeah, I got down on one knee and said, let's do this thing forever. And you yeah. said, all right. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked. I actually, I just, I was so shocked. I just cried. You, It took me like a good solid couple of minutes of crying my eyes out to say yes. And then obviously the ring nearly blew me away again. I kind of forgot that you were there. No joking. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the ring, let's be honest. No, it was beautiful. And yeah. then... um. Fast forward a few months and, of course, you know, again, racing like most. <laughs> I shouldn't – I'm not giving lesbians a bad name. Like it's just a general knowledge that lesbians do go zero to 100. And if anyone disagrees, they're mad because I've never met a le- couple that doesn't go zero to 100. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, there's a saying in America that you you haul, which means you just get a, a truck and put your stuff in it and move straight in. Which pretty much which pretty is, much happens. happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why it is. I think it's because women are emotional. Just, uh, well, no, I feel love, like love. You, <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're not afraid to hold back their emotions, and pe- they'll be a lot more vulnerable to each other, which allows them to say what they want and and not be afraid. Like That's I feel true. like most women would like to move quite quickly in With relationships, yeah. but. I feel like men just hold you back because, you know, you too, girls are too scared to... Damn tr- those men. <laughs> uh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, well, yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Anyway, fast forward a few months and, you know, we're talking about fertility because... And babies. And babies. And, and donors and... You know, all that kind of stuff. stuff. Where You know, where do we start? But before we do get into that, I want to talk to you and ask you a few questions because unlike me, fertility had been on your radar and yeah, I I mean, it it definitely had, I mean, I probably started thinking about fertility and babies and and egg freezing in particular when I was, I think it was like early thirties. I think a lot of my friends in that age bracket who were single girls we all kind of started talking about it and I know that a few few of my friends have actually did it back then and um it was one of those things I actually when I was hosting Biggest Loser I had to go see a gynecologist about something and I actually brought it up with her and I would have been what 32 33 and I said to this gyno oh you know I'm thinking about uh freezing my eggs and she looked at me and she said oh god all you young girls all you young women you know just go get yourself a boyfriend which I, well, obviously it was Doing clearly it. not the advice that I needed. Or I was mean, you not were trying your hardest, obviously just looking was, at the wrong gender. Wasn't going to be helping me out at all. But just, 
like from what I'm experiencing now is was ridiculous advice and she should have actually you know give like not told me not to do it because I'd saved money and and with that money that I'd saved I think it was about 10 grand at the time I decided to go like six weeks around Europe in the summer so money well spent but so what so what would you have done with that 10 grand then you would have spent that on freezing your eggs so yeah I would have I would have frozen my eggs and then obviously there's the storage fees and stuff but just to have safekeeping because what I know now and I guess I didn't really know that back then but from our experiences and obviously we're going to talk a lot more about this as the podcast goes on but we know now that you know when you're the younger you get an egg the more likely you'll have more eggs and better quality eggs better chances better chance of pregnancy and potentially not spend as much money but that wasn't really said to me so anyway I went off on that trip around Europe and just didn't think much 10k yeah (laughs) 10k didn't really think much more of it until fast forward to I would have been I met you when I was what 36 so it would have been when I was about 35 34 35 and I went to just, I was at my general GP checkup and the GP looked at me and said, oh, you know, do you have children? And I said, no. And she said, are you in a relationship? And at that point I wasn't. And I said, no. She said, how old are you? 37, well, no, 35, I think it was. And she said, look, in all honesty, if you want to have kids, you really need to start considering um, freezing your eggs. And I was like, whoa. This so is in the like, space of three years, some, uh, one guy I said. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention, I did a um, did the fertility test you get done, the blood test. When I did that back with the gyno, it was quite, quite good. I think I was at like 13 or 14 or something. And then when I got it done again, um, a couple of years later, it had dropped to like, I don't know, like seven or something. So between so, the- so like a couple of years and it had dropped dramatically, which was pretty scary from my perspective and it was at that point when the GP said that to me that I just got this wake-up call that I was like wow I am so afraid that I'm going to miss out on this opportunity to have children and I made this decision at that point that I was going to try and have a baby on my own I actually actually announced it to most of my friends and sat my parents down on Skype and told them to said mum and dad I'm you know I'm single have been for about 10 years and I'm you know I want to have babies and and they and I said I'm going to do it on my own and my dad just got up and walked off screen I can imagine that that. (laughs) he was not don't be ridiculous Fiona literally they were his words you know him too well now so he wasn't overly pleased with the thought of me doing it alone but you know I was I you know was comfortable in my you know, that I could do it. So that's kind of where my headspace was at. And it was so strange because I made that peace with myself that I was just going to go it alone. And then I will admit this on air, like in this podcast, I believe in angels and, and fate and things like that. And I let my, gave out that to the universe and then the universe delivered you who actually just. Another angel. Well, basically. (laughs) Yeah, your own angel. But I, yeah, when I released that to the universe that I was going to have a baby on my own, they then returned and sent me you, who was everything I ever dreamed of and wanted everything I dreamed. And, and yeah, it was just this amazing way the universe works, I find. But yeah, that's pretty much my journey. Just on that, the having, you know, you talking about having a baby 
on your own. That yeah. is something that is very real for a lot of people. Oh, a hundred percent. I guess now being in my late thirties, a lot of my friends who are single, I've got a lot of friends who are single girls. They are, you know, it's now a reality for them that, you know, they, if they're going to have babies, they may have to have it on their own. And yeah, a lot of them are exploring egg freezing now, but unfortunately, yeah, a couple of my friends who are really struggling and it's something we'll probably go into in a lot more depth. Probably even talk to a few of them. Pardon? Yeah, we, even talk yeah, to we'll, yeah, we'll definitely try and get a couple in here that we can talk to. But yeah, I think it, I actually think with the egg freezing thing, I when the doctor was like, don't be ridiculous, it actually was a little bit of a relief because at that for me in my early 30s, the thought of freezing my eggs almost was in my mind um, acknowledging that I was never, ever going to meet someone. It's the strangest thing. And I've spoken to a few but friends totally about understandable. it. It was kind of like giving up on ever finding love. The, the fact that I have to go and freeze my eggs. So, it's so not. It's, it's so not. No. And personally, I want to shout it from the rooftop. If you are thinking about freezing your eggs, the earlier you do it, this, the, the, if you can afford to do it in your early 30s, by all means, do it. Because and it's not $10,000 as you originally oh. thought. It's not. No, I don't think so. But regardless. I mean, I feel like, yeah. If I, you've got the cash, do it. I mean, if you, if you can financially, it just, the thing is, you know, and, and that feeling of, you know, I've, I've, I've given up. It means that I'll never meet someone. I'll never have children with anyone. Like it's such, I understand it and I felt that way. But honestly, if you do get a partner in the next couple of years and, down the track you do potentially have fertility issues which so many women are having then if you've got some younger eggs then it'll a cost you less because you'll probably fall pregnant a lot more quickly you'll have more chance of embryos forming better quality more likelihood of falling you know instead of using late 30s eggs early 40s eggs that you ever you, well, well from what I've been going through you know I only ever get one embryo from well we'll, each. Go, we'll go down and yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. go in more detail but 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 it's like talking more like down the track obviously we'll go into this more but we were told only recently we've only got a 35 percent chance of falling pregnant so yeah, and what you're 30 so low. so I'm low 37. And you're, you're 37 so if people would freeze their eggs at 30 imagine how much better their chances are of falling pregnant I just think the you know, the thought, like you said, you thought that yeah. that was, give, you know, conceding defeat that you were never going to find. A, a I mean, a, a few of my friends as well who have chosen to freeze eggs in their late thirties have actually had to do more than one round because they recommend you get you, there's a certain, I'm not quite sure off the top of my head how much it is, but they actually recommend that you have a certain amount of eggs in the freezer to safeguard the fact that you would be able to get a pregnancy out of that. And a, for a lot of women in their late thirties, they need to get that amount. You actually need to do that are actually to get the amount that is actually high enough quality to freeze. Then they have to do a couple rounds of egg freezing. Whereas if you do it earlier on, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it. There's no guarantee that you won't have to do multiple rounds in your early thirties, but I feel like there's a lot better chance of you getting better grade eggs that will be able to be frozen essentially what we're saying is if you can freeze do it do it if it's even a, a little bit on your mind oh, i highly recommend it it would mm. save you it would save you thousands would, of dollars down yeah. the track you've yeah. got more chance of falling pregnant and you know i mean that's the dream result right you want to be able to fall pregnant so what's the harm in just chucking a few 
Egberts in the freezer. And let's just say this is definitely not endorsed by any No, we're not some sort of egg, clinic. egg donor. Oh, my egg. gosh. We are far from. We don't have a freezer full of eggs. So <laughs> this is not egg sponsored by an egg donor program. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, if someone wanted to give us free IVF, we wouldn't say no at this Bloody point. <laughs> but, yeah, we digress. Anyway, so obviously for me, I've wanted a family for a really well, – forever pretty much. Have, you know, before meeting me, had you – thought about kids yeah like like you know I said on our first date I you know kids were always on my radar I always wanted kids you know knowing full well that I was into I am into women not was still am don't worry babe um (laughs) I knew (laughs) I'm not as old in that area as you (laughs) um but I knew it was always going to be a or I knew it was always going to be a a journey of some kind I never really knew what lie ahead of me because I never really I mean you know you're going through your late 20s it's not like you pick up a, a fertility podcast and think oh I should give this a listen which you know I'm not saying late 20s you should but go for it if you can if you're thinking about babies but you know, I'd been partying, I'd been my single self and it, yeah, like, a, <laughs> and then I find a 37-year-old who's ready to settle down and have kids. <laughs> no, Sorry, I cut your partying years short, I'm okay, I have to give you later. Uh, I, I had thought about kids. I just, I knew it was going to be a tough journey. And I think in some part of me, I didn't want to look into it too deeply because I was a bit afraid of just how tough that journey was going to be. So I kind of just kept floating through life and... I was like, you know, I'll tackle that hurdle when I get to it. Um, if I hadn't met you at 30, what did I met, I met you at 29? If I hadn't yeah. met you in the next few years, I probably would have started thinking about similar stuff to what you were doing, you know, thinking about I'm going to do this alone or, you know, am I going to go spurgling, which <laughs> here's a term that not many people have heard of. Spurgling is sperm burgling, which believe it or not, a lot of people do. So if you're a man out there and you don't know about it, read up on it because um it happens people spurgle um it's basically women telling guys that they're they're on the pill and they're actually not they're actually wanting your sperm and they've timed it perfectly to ovulation and they're gonna have your baby whether you like it or not so (laughs) that is spurgling um shock horror it happens but look i i won't i wouldn't have done that because i don't know i wasn't really into dudes but I definitely thought about kids and, you know, when when I met you, I was actually relieved that you said you wanted to have kids because I was ready. I was just thinking, I don't know if I ever asked you if you wanted to go first. I mean, obviously. Well, I think it was kind of a given you were going first, you're older. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just made that assumption. (laughs) But I actually never asked you. I mean, it makes sense, obviously. But I, I can't wait to be pregnant. Like, I'll be honest, I, I cannot wait to be wearing oversized overalls and doing what that chick on the ad does and putting a Malteser on my belly, like, <laughs> and eating things off my belly. It is going to be great. And I'll have an excuse to overeat. It's fantastic. I understand, like, obviously the tail end of it, I'm not overly excited about, you know, splitting myself in two and popping a head out of it, but cannot wait. Cannot wait to be pregnant. Like, cannot wait to have kids. Cannot wait to have a family. It's going to be and we're gonna and we're gonna get you pregnant, hopefully ASAP after I've had a baby. Well, that's the plan. That we is figure that two young kids, two babies, is better than one. 
What's better than one screaming child? Two. Well, I figure if you're going to lose sleep, you may as well just lose it all at once. There's no point in waiting. So that is our perspective. Not saying that that is for everyone, but that's what we're going to do. Um, hopefully, if all goes to plan, after you've popped out a kid, you might have twins. We might have two at once. Who knows? Who knows? But after you've had our first bub, the plan is to get me started. And I can't bloody wait. Me either. It's going to be wild. Can yeah. you imagine a screaming child and a hormonal wife? You're Yay. so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so to our fertility journey yes. and <clears throat> how it started, um, which by the look on your face, you can't quite remember. So I will jog your memory. <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Yeah. So you will have to jog it with this. Well, I actually remember. So we were at my old place and we'd spoken about kids and things like that. And I just knew through my work and being surrounded by news and current affairs that, um, you know, the journey, the IVF journey is by no means an easy journey. And I just thought in my head, look, if we can get a head start on it, we should. And it didn't mean I wanted to obviously have a child the next day, but I thought, the, nothing in this journey is going to be easy. Um, just having read up on articles and things like that for work. Yeah, I think that I do remember this. You said it was a really good idea if we probably put our name down on the donor list because it will take some time. Well, but even before that, which was probably two weeks into our relationship, but in all honesty, I just thought we need to get joint healthcare coverage. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because, well, no joke, after two weeks, we got. We it, probably, it probably was about two weeks, but it was it was a smart move, was it not? Because yeah. there's a 12-month waiting period for any kind of um, assistive reproductive services, if I remember the the yeah. right term for it. But it's it a 12-month was, it was waiting period. Early in the piece that you – I was like, oh, wow, she really is serious if she wants to just I think that was merge actually, our private health That was insurance. even before talking about marriage. I, I know, it was. <laughs> hey, screw marriage. Let's join our Booper Health Fund. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It gave me warm butterflies. So, you know. And that's the effect I wanted. (laughs) But we did. I just thought, you know, we've got to think about these things ahead of time because, and, you know, it sounds crazy, but it was, if I don't mind saying so myself, a pretty smart move. Like, you know, it says 12-month wait on assistive reproductive services. So I thought, stuff it. Let's go on a joint healthcare fund, which we did. And then the next thing was, okay, well, how do we start this journey? And I sort of remember you kerfuffling and mumbling a few words and not actually doing anything. So I just thought I'd take the proactive step. You did actually take the lead. Do you know what? I, at that point, made a uh, – I actually, in my mind, was like, you know what? I'm not going to push this whole – fertility thing whole baby thing on you because it was it was really early days and I I was like you know what if she's only doing it because she of my age you know you've still got so much time ahead of you so I thought you know I'm not going to take the reins on this like I don't want to push it too hard and you picked up the reins and you were the ones that were making you were making all the phone calls and instigating it and that made me realize that wow that you did actually really want to start this journey too. Yeah, I did. I mean, it's, I'd always thought I would have kids in my early thirties. Um, and I thought, well, 
you know, this is serious between us. I w- was already in the middle of proposing, you know, preparing to propose to you. So I thought, stuff it, why not? So I picked up the phone and called a clinic and said, um, we want to make a baby. Where do we start? <laughs> and I actually think the lady laughed at me. <laughs> she was like, oh, well, you know, you need to do this, this and this. And it was at that point I realised yeah, that's a sure sign that this is not going to be easy. Even just making the appointment wasn't that simple. But we made the appointment. We waited, I don't know, it was a few weeks to get in. And then that was, you know, that was sort of the start of everything. And it was... It was a sign of what was to come. Of what was to come. It's been a complete, complete kerfuffle the whole way through. And that's putting it lightly. Yeah. But... No one's journey is uh, the same. I don't think anyone's IVF journey is the same. And But this is ours and um, we're going to talk in the next episode yeah, uh, about, I mean, you know, the... How we picked a baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a lovely way to put it, dear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is, we're going to talk about how, how we sort of, you know, came to choose our... Uh, the missing piece of our fertility journey, which is the the donor sperm, yeah, um, and you know the the start of our journey, I guess. And if you, I guess, and talk about you know what we had to go through. I guess it, yeah, as you said, it's different for everyone. But as a same sex couple, there's a lot of hoops you've got to jump through. And same sex couples, yes, it's definitely a lot of hoops to jump through. I think there's a lot of hoops to jump through through for everybody. There's yeah. like you think about. You know, when I talk to hetero couples, right, and, you know, they've been trying for years and they just think, I can keep going, I can keep going, we can keep, we can actually do this. They don't want to concede, concede defeat and it's normally, the, to be fair, it's normally the guy who's like, no, there's nothing wrong with my sperm, I'm fine, I'm still I'm macho enough to make thousands of babies in you. And they, but they have to eventually concede defeat. So, you know, I think this journey is, it's different for everybody and, yes, ours is a same-sex couple journey but... And we're going to be taking you on that that journey with us because um, it's going to be wild and you know, strap, you know, there's a lot in. of laughs and tears, tears as well. You know, it's a really, really tough journey um, on both of us and also everyone out there. Like the, I guess for me, the reason I was so interested in doing this because you know, I've I've been experiencing how hard it is to to go through the fertility journey and it can be quite isolating you feel really alone so I'm hoping we are hoping through this podcast that hopefully that we're someone listening maybe won't feel so alone and along the way we're going to be talking to loads of other people who have really interesting stories that they're going to be able to share and and I know that when I was going through some of the things you know recently that I was I had a lot of people reaching out to me and and telling me their stories and it actually does help hearing what other people are going through actually puts what you're going through in perspective big time and makes you there's something in it just not feeling so alone because it is I feel like fertility is one of those things as women it's just something women do and do it al- like alone and quietly and there is a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of trauma I would say that some of these women have experienced and oh my heart just aches for so many of the stories I've heard and you know I just I want to kind of we want to kind of lift the lid on it and be like you know there's the discussion it needs to be spoken about more so women aren't just going through it alone it's almost like until they have a child they don't want to really talk about it 
And this is by no means going to be a, we're not going to give you the stats on how you're going to fall pregnant. Oh, no, there's not going to be any stats. We know none of that kind of thing. And we've been told plenty of times, so (laughs) we were obviously good listeners. (laughs) We are just here on our journey and we're taking you with us so that hopefully, you know, it helps. If it helps one person, person, then it's worthwhile. 100%. And um, I hope you enjoy what is a wild ride. So strap yourselves in.